Well, sorry, noises. Uh, well, hello there. How are you? Um, it's good. It's good to have you. Good morrow to you. I thought of that earlier today. Was like, yeah, it might be good. Like, maybe because you know, this is making a lot of this is making a lot of noise. Okay, you know that um, the word hello didn't exist really until the invention of the telephone uh well maybe we need a new word i suppose hello works yeah yeah that's true but i was just thinking maybe we need a new word for podcast or podcasts you know because like you can listen in whenever you want so it's you can't really say good morning or good afternoon or good evening because you don't know when the person is going to be listening but like good morrow that's, I mean, I don't really know what that means, uh, but uh, it seems like, you know, that kind of works for any time of the day. So, listen, if you're a podcaster, um, why not want to try Good Morrow? Good Morrow. And as well, you know, morrows were good. Now, um, as you may uh, have guessed, Annie's not back from the States yet. I haven't got any guests this week. It's just me. Uh, sitting here by myself again. Um, uh, I hope that doesn't fill you with dread. You know, you don't have to listen to this. Now, what I thought I would do, because I've I've kind of been wanting to do this for a while, um, is that um, you remember I was plugging my novella a while back, The Road Bowler. You can find it on Amazon and Smashwords. Shit, I should (laughs) have... Looked up more. Smashwords, yeah, that's the other places you can buy it, right? I think so. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so uh, just to encourage, if there's anybody else there who's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to buy that, or I'm still on the fence about buying that, I thought I'd read some of it to you, um, dear, dear listeners, um, and see, you know, see how you feel about that. Could be fun. Could be shite. We'll see what happens. Um, now, you know, sometimes when people do that, I'm I'm always kind of um, reticent to start because I'm like, wow, what if I do really want to uh, uh, read the rest of it? And then I'll have to go and I'll have to go and buy this goddamn book. But, uh, I mean, it's fucking cheap. So, listen... I mean, so listen. I understand if you if you stop listening now, just to to not have a good time listening to it, or you could keep listening with the intention of just proving that you won't have a good time listening to me read this, and then you know, then you'd be like, uh, yeah, exactly. See, I don't need to buy that piece of shit book now. Uh, also, some of you may have already bought the book, so this would be like a walk down memory lane. Uh, of a few months ago when you read this book. Okay. Are you sitting comfortably? Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Chapter 1. It's <clears throat> the Road Bowler by Mark Canton. Chapter 1. The place was packed. The beer was a river. The air was a thick soup of smoke, sweat and laughter. An army of dancing feet shook the house to the rhythm of the sweltering music. They were all here, the best musicians in the country. On top of the chest of drawers, Jaxie O'Donnell downed a pipe without missing a note on his tin whistle. To his right, Paddy McGill Killahooley 
beat his bower on and made it sing like a goat. In front of them, Knocker McCarthy, four foot tall in his long socks, winked at the girls over the top of his accordion. By the door, Rory Pleasant Hands O'Toole played his ma- mandolin so hard the strings had gone numb. Next to the mantelpiece, Big Joan O'Flynn danced with her fiddle like it was some long-lost lover who she used to rub with a bow. While down at the front, tumbled-down Trevor bellowed out a song about being far from his true love and his wife. They all played like they were one mind, thinking one thought, a rip-roaring, foot-stomping tune that once you heard it, it filled all of your thoughts, too. This, if, uh... Yeah, should have put that's it doesn't have italics. I'm sorry. Uh, so that's the first mistake. Mistake one. Um let me go back and do that sentence again. They all played like they all played like they were one mind thinking one thought. A rip roaring foot stomping tune that once you heard it, it filled all your thoughts too. This was it. This was the night. They were going to play their hearts out tonight. It didn't matter if they collapsed. It didn't matter if their fingers dropped off. Tonight was all that mattered. It was a very special night in this part of the country. A traditional night of celebration and rejoicing. They called it Friday night. And if they kept playing, then maybe they'd never have to see a Monday morning ever again. Another reason why this night was one of note, apart from the fact that it was a Friday night... It was Friday night. There's no A. I went backwards and forwards on whether there should be an A in that sentence. Little insights you're going to have here as I read this. Another reason why this night was one of note, apart from the fact that it was Friday night, was that this was the night that the greatest road bowler Ballyshore had ever known, has ever known, was born. I won't go and do it again because, you know, you got we got through most of that sentence. Okay, this is exciting. You know, there's promise there now in that um, in that opening passage. Uh, you know, we had fun characters. Um, maybe we'll see them again. Maybe I just wrote them in and they never come back. Uh, also, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, so Ballyshore, the greatest road bowler. Oh, what's road bowling? The greatest road bowler? I don't even know what it is, so that's exciting. Sean stepped out of the front door of the house. As he opened the door, the music and the light were unleashed on the still night. The valley turned to look at the old house, its gloomy concentration broken by this noisy little pocket of life. The dark valley walls were incensed to see something interrupting their silent menace, and they reared up their deep shadows and twisted shapes at the house. Sean was, obli- Sean was oblivious, though. He cared not a jot for dark wa- Oh, no, this is falling apart now. We knew it would at some point, but this is, you know, this is embarrassing that it's only on, like, page three or something. I'm reading this off a of Kindle, by the way. You can get it for Kindle at Amazon.ie or whatever the fuck you want. Sean was oblivious, though. He cared not a jot for dark valley walls, incensed or no. He took a breath of the cold night air and used it to wake himself up a bit and let some of the drink and the music from his head. Right, he said, clapping his hands in a ter- determined kind of way. So I'm not really doing the voices. You know, it'll be a vague allusion to the voices, but, um, yeah, I don't, I haven't figured out all the voices in my head, so I'm not going to go too far into that. But, you know, it'll be a bit of the character, but not much of the accent. That's, that's where we're going with that. Just, just, that's the thought I decided to make. Okay, good, good. Let's keep, just keep going. These, these are, these, uh, distractions aren't written into the actual story, by the way, just in case you, you know, it's hard to tell what story and what's not. So you can, you can buy the book and you can see, that I haven't written in this part about buying the book and seeing it not written in it. 
Right, he said, clapping his hands in a determined kind of way. He turned back to the house. Sheila, are you coming, love? Sheila was making her way along the hall towards him. She laughed and hugged people goodbye. When she got to the door, Sean pulled her shawl up onto her head and kissed her on the lips. She was not the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen since breakfast, but the gleeful smile that regularly stretched from one, from one dimpled cheek to the other was certainly in the running for such a prize. They walked out into the forecourt, and Sean helped his wife up into the seat of the horse and trap that waited for them there. He patted the horse on its cheeks, he patted the horse on its cheeks, took the reins in his hand, and climbed up beside her. Wait, what about Dermid? said Sheila. He's grand, he's having a great time. But how will he get home, Sean? He'll find his way home eventually. He's drunk. It's like an automatic pilot. But it'll take him ages. Yeah, but he won't even remember it tomorrow. Sheila just looked back silently. Sean sighed. All right, fine. He let go of the reins, got down off the trap and marched back into the house. Sheila waited in the cold night. She was more sensitive to deep shadows and silent menaces. They made her shiver. She got a blanket out from under the seat and wrapped her legs in it. After a minute, Sean re-emerged from the party. He looked around and then called out to his wife. Did he come out here, no? No. Thought he might have come out. No, he didn't come out. Ah, for God's sake, where the hell has he got to? Sean stamped, stomped back into the party. After a longer minute, he re-emerged again. This time, a drunken Dermid was hoisted across his shoulders. No, no mean feat since Dermid was a big man, even back then. But Sean could match his brother in size and better him in determination. As they walked across the forecourt, the forecourt, 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 forecourt. You don't get this, um, you know, with most um, uh, books on tape or whatever they're called these days, um, the, the narrator just, uh, just, it's just repeating the same word over and over and, uh, fucking it up. And then the, the writer just having, ah, well, this is, this is what I was thinking. So this is fucking amazing. This is where I'm taking this to the next level. I'm actually thinking that as I'm reading this, I'm like, this is fucking like, nobody else does this. This is incredible. As they walked across the forecourt, forecourt, it's a weird word to say. As they walked across the forecourt, forecourt, they seemed to be having some kind of discussion. I think I should stay, Sean, said Dermot. No, I I don't think so. I think you'll find that she should leave with us, retorted Sean, gently mocking his drunken brother. I should probably stay, Sean. No, you you do put up a good argument, but again, I have to contradict you there, Dermot, and I'm sorry to do so, but I think you should probably go. They reached the trap and Dermid was delighted to see Sheila waiting for them. Sheila! Hello, Dermid. Sheila, I think I should probably stay. Not at all. Come on, Dermid, let's go home. Sean dumped Dermid heavily into the back of the trap. His last, I should probably stay, muffled by hay and dirt. He soon forgot his troubles, however, and started singing a drunken song which wandered slowly between three sober songs at each turn, changing from one to the other and leading him round in a complicated circle. Sean took up the reins. Sean took up the reins of the horse. He cursed the cold night and his stupidity at bringing his pregnant wife and their unborn child out on such an evening. Jesus, I'm a fool. I knew I should have brought the Nissan. Aha! Aha, dear reader. You thought it was a horse and trap. It's probably set, you know, back in the time. No, it's Nissan. It's not set, set more contemporary, but not actually. Not actually today. 
Okay. They set off down the dark road away from the house and its warm life. In the back, Dearman's song slipped away from him and he lost it amongst the hay and dirt. That wasn't good. That wasn't a good reading at all. He poked his head over the back of the seat. Sheila. Yes, Dearman. Sheila. Yes, Dearman. Can I touch your tummy? Hey, no copying a feel off my wife. No, Sean, I'd never, said Dermot, shocked at the suggestion. Just for the baby, Sean, just for the baby. It's okay, Dermot, you can touch my tummy. Although I think he's asleep at the moment. He? asked Sean with a smile. Well, I think so, replied Sheila. Dermot reached up over the seat and gently laid his hand on Sheila's belly. He smiled, drifting off into a cosy dream of babies. Just then, Sheila let out a scream. Ah! Oh, bollocks, said a worried Dermot. I'm sorry, Sheila, I didn't mean to break it. Sean, Sean, the baby's coming, Sean. All right, love, don't worry. We'll get you to the doctor's. Everything's going to be fine. Sean gave the horse a whip with the reins and they sped off along the country road. The wheels of the trap rattled on the loose surface of the chipped and worn tarmac. They could see the horse's breath in the cold night air. It flew over them in waves. The horse was old, but clever. It didn't have the strength in its legs that it used to, but... He used to have, but it had experience, and it knew when trouble was in the air. It strained its muscles, blindly, blindly trusting its master to lead it in the right direction and not run into, run it. It strained. It takes takes away from some of the excitement of this scene as the horse is running along. If um, I fuck up the words, it strains. It strained its muscles, blindly trusting its master to lead it in the right direction and not run into the run it into the run it into the ground. I hope I'm fucking recording this. Yeah, it is recording. It strained its muscles, blindly trusting its master to lead it in the right direction and not run it into the ground. Come on! Come on, horsey! Come on! shouted Dermot, encouraging the horsey along. He stood up to give some extra encouragement, but at that moment they turned a corner and Dermot lost his balance and went and went flying out of the back of the carriage. Dermot! cried Sheila. Stop, Sean! Dermot's fallen out the back! He's grand! He's having a great time! Wee agreed Dermot. But he could get hurt. No, no, no. He's drunk. You can't hurt a drunk man, love. Come on now. We've got a baby to deliver. Behind them, Dermot rolled down the hill through the night. End over end, he fell, half trying to stop, half willing himself on. How far could he fall? How long could he go on for? Fuck, I missed a... I missed a... <laughs> I missed a uh, question mark. Uh... How far could he fall? How long could he go on for? This was easy. He just had to let gravity take him. He'd finally found something he was good at. Rolling. So that's chapter one. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that. That um, brief reading of it. Uh, we will be back again next week, I think. Uh, sort something out anyway. You know, maybe cobble together or something like that. And... Um, there may be another podcast in the works. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna um, uh, hint at that now. Little teaser there, folks. Folks, um, another podcast in the works that I'm working on with somebody else. Um, so, uh, I mean, this one's still going. Don't worry about that. Calm, calm down. Oh, if you listen to this, I'm involved in a uh, improvised talk show next week, Wednesday at doors at 7.30 show at 8 in MVP it's free it's the J Patron tonight with J Patron um, I think I'm probably going to be doing an impression bad or good of somebody that I won't know 
I've got, kind of got a list of impressions and uh, Jay's just going to introduce me as one of them and then I'll find out as I walk out on stage who I'm going to be. Um, we've been doing a couple of rehearsals and it's pretty good fun. And so you can buy, uh, if you want to buy the whole road bowler, find out what happens. You haven't even got to the protagonist yet. I mean, Jesus, like all that excitement and we haven't even met the protagonist. Hold on, let me read you the first first paragraph of chapter two because it's funny 17 years later 1995 was having its day in the sun it was on all the calendars on all the movie posters on all the tv schedules the papers led with it in every edition it was everywhere but deep down it knew its days were numbered yeah it's a little you know it's a little comedy thing there just trying to i was like how will people know what year this is i better say it's 1995 but um Ah, oh, dear. Uh, so that's it. That's all I've got to say, I think. Um, short podcast this week. So, um, see you. Oh, if you live in Budapest, uh, the La 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 Choir is going to be there this weekend. So exciting. And uh, so exciting. And uh, all right, that's enough waffling. See you now.